Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Amon Green, Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! So welcome to episode 43 of the Average Cheese Podcast. I'm Dale Lobel. Todd and Peter are with me, and we have a special guest, JB from multiple Vikings podcasts, uh, and also has one in the mix. I'll let you talk about that in a second if you'd like. I have to tell you this, JB, like I was looking at your Twitter handle. JB may have the most tweets of any person I have ever seen. I think it's close to like 305,000. What? Yes. You're it's a freaking let. Oh, and also JB, we cost for charity. So you're a fucking legend. <laughs> JB. 305,000 tweets. That's a miracle. That's an unbelievable number. How are you this evening? I'm doing well. How is everybody here tonight? Awesome. Really good. Uh, thanks again for having me. I mean, it, it's a pleasure. I, I, I know I'm supposed to hate the Packers. I've been given a lot of grief for not hating them as much as I should. But <laughs> there, there's it's, it's a respectful hate I have for the Packers. I don't know if we can say that on our side, but for today, JB, just to make <laughs> you feel comfortable, that's what we'll do. And I don't know if you should say it's a pleasure yet because we just started. Right. <laughs> We'll see you afterwards. You might, how you feel? And there are three of us ganging up on one of you. This is yeah, true. That's very true. <laughs> it takes a lot of balls. We're very impressed with you already. It just started. So let's get <laughs> so let's get into it. And if you cost JB, it's cool. I'll throw a quarter in a jar for you and habitat for humanity. Get one more quarter. And you don't have to. Peter is the good influence in this group. And usually when Peter is on, we don't cuss as much or at all. However, that goes is fine. Sounds good. So let's talk quick. And I guess we could talk. All of us can maybe chime in on this. The whole Aaron Rodgers mess. I don't know if you guys hear what I do because I'm the only one local in Wisconsin. But today on in OTAs, Jordan Love was basically the only quarterback in attendance. And that could not have been talked about more. It was crazy. So let's go to you, JB. Any thoughts on this whole Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love mess from your perspective? Well, I guess this has become like a Packer tradition to mistreat your legendary quarterbacks uh, after they've been with the team for about 14 years. But at the same time, Rodgers signed the deal. He signed his contract. He's getting paid a lot of money. If you didn't like it, you shouldn't have signed the deal. They're the ownership group. They're paying you. They're running it the way they feel it needs to be run. Yeah, it would probably would have been nice if they consulted him or talked to him first, but they're under, under no obligation to do so. So I think Aaron has to put on his big boy pants and show up and play. And if he doesn't like it, you know, that's too bad. You're under contract to, to do it. And I was on his side at first, but I really thought it out. And I said, no, nah, I can't. I can't be. He put ink to paper and he said, no, this is good for me. 
I'm sorry that, you know, they're making plans for when you finally retire, that they're looking down the road, but they had to. And I just think Aaron has kind of been a little bit of a brat about it. But as a Viking fan, I kind of expect Aaron Rodgers to be a little bit of a brat about a lot of things. And we do too. Peter, you know you want to say something. Go ahead. I'm almost Aaron Rodgered out. We've spoken so much about this that uh, I think ultimately, however this thing pans out, it needs to pan out quickly. So from a Packers perspective, this thing can't drag on into into August, into the preseason, not knowing whether Rodgers is going to be there or not. If he is, let's move forward. If he's not, the team needs to be able to move forward, whether that's with Jordan Love starting this year, whether that's with Blake Bortles starting for as, as, as a one-year job, whether that's I know, but whether that or whether that's somebody coming in as part of a Rogers trade, whether that's a Drew Locke or a Teddy Bridgewater, whoever it may be, I think the worst thing that can happen is that the thing just drags on and drags on, and we get to the end of August and we still don't know what's going on, and Rogers hasn't reported, and et cetera, et cetera. I think that just that just makes makes a mess even more of a mess. Todd, did you see the Kenny Main uh, interview at all on ESPN? No. No. I did. Yeah, no. I thought you would have seen it because you're the ESPN guy of this group. So he interviewed, interviewed in quotes, which, of course, is an audio podcast and no one can see that. But so they asked, I thought I really I will give Kenny Maine some credit. He asked real questions. Now, Rogers, the ultimate politician, didn't answer those questions directly. Right. So he basically asked him about being traded. Like, do you want to be traded? He didn't use those exact words, but and Rogers just dodged them all. He spoke, but he didn't really answer anything. Any thoughts, Todd, on this? Peter and I have talked about it as nauseum. So we'll give you a couple minutes to vent your frustrations. I'll play the other side of the fence. I mean, from I'll play from you know Aaron Rodgers' perspective, and and most of which I agree is that I think the organization has to make, they're in a position to make decisions to win Super Bowls. You make the decisions, the personnel decisions, you make the draft decisions, you make, uh, you know, all, all these decisions for one, one solid goal every year, and that's to win Super Bowls. And when you get that close, like the NFC championship against the 49ers, for example, and you know that there's, obvious missing pieces that can get you there the very the very next year and you go ahead and draft a quarterback that makes no sense to me I mean it makes absolutely no sense to me say what you want about if they thought for a minute that Aaron Rodgers skills were deteriorating or or whatnot and he comes back the next year and throws an MVP in their face he's doing his part I just don't think the front office is doing theirs to support him you had a you had a draft that had a record number of wide receivers we have Devontae Adams. That's it. Robert Tanyan, he's good because he has Aaron Rodgers thrown to him. He wouldn't have had the year that he had this year on any other team. Aaron Rodgers makes everybody else better around him. Alan Lazard, great receiver. He's a three or a four. He's not a two. You know, so they haven't done, I, I just don't feel as though they've done their part to support. That's what I think that's what Aaron wants, right? He wants Super Bowls. And I don't think he's getting enough enough support from the front office to do that. He Go hasn't ahead. had one since he got that contract, right? Nope. He hasn't. He hasn't. They haven't won a Super Bowl since he signed his big deal. I mean, two NFC uh, championship games. 
but that's it. Back to back years. Let's leave that alone. Maybe you did not come here. For <laughs> that's that. a whole other episode. <laughs> We've already had our one episode on Aaron Rodgers. I'm I'm getting Rodgers out too, Peter. So let's just move on. So we brought JB in to talk about the Vikings. So let's just start with this, JB. In your opinion, there were a lot of glaring needs. Maybe not glaring, but there were needs on the team last year. Which one gets fixed in 21-22 in your mind? Here's one that may slip by people. The the defensive line is going to be much better. Because last year, Hunter missed the entire season. He's back. Pierce opted out. He's back. I like what they did in the draft to get a, a third out there. Uh, Patrick Jones was my choice when they were talking defensive ends. I was not going with the, the big names that I heard. Quiddy Pay, I did not want. I'm glad we didn't get him. Rousseau, I was not all about. But then I looked and I saw Patrick Jones. And I saw this kid and he has like 24 tackles for loss, 17 and a half sacks in the last two years. He forced four fumbles his uh, junior year. I said, this is a, a value pick if they can get him. And they did. They got him in the third round. So I think the defensive line has been best addressed without really addressing it, if that makes sense. Yeah, guys just came back. That's all it was. They were down for the whole year, and they came back. Now, if you want to go about what they actually addressed, potentially it's the offensive line. They got two good ones uh, in in uh, Derrishaw from Vatek. When they got the kid from Ohio State, Davis, I thought that's that's a sneaky good pick. Wyatt Davis is a sneaky good pick. Because even though Ohio State can't produce a quarterback, they produce some pretty good linemen. And I'm hoping they their record of inability to produce a quarterback continues, obviously, because <laughs> Fields is in Chicago. Those are the things. So if you want to go by what was actually addressed, I think the offensive line was the best addressed. If it's going to work out, I don't know. But if it does, you've got a really young offensive line that could be together for a while. Yeah, you really like the Davis kid out of Ohio State, Peter. Yeah, as Packers fans, we should love him being Willie Davis's grandson. But best pass blocking guard in 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 this draft, in, in my view. And had he come out a year ago before he got before he got hurt, so just over a year year ago, he could have been a first round pick. So he's one of those guys that has the potential to be a real steal if he turns out to be as good as I as you know he may well may well be. So yeah, excellent pick. You know. I'm still a big fan of Dalvin Tomlinson. I like what they did on the defensive line too. And Daniel Hunter just being back, if his whole contract issue isn't an issue, Daniel Hunter can play defensive line. He's a heck of a player. It's a huge upgrade just by showing up. What do you think about Kellen Mond, Peter? I mean, I, I know what that the way the Packers have done thing is kind of what we're used to. And I feel like the Vikings are doing that as well, where we're going to give Kellen Mond a couple of years to figure it out, you know, with quarterback situations. What are your thoughts on him, Peter? Well, I think the kid's got as good, a, good an arm as anybody in the, in the draft, including, including Trevor Lawrence. In terms of arm strength and release, it's right up there. I think to get him in the third round is a nice, solid pick. It's about where he should have gone in, in this group of group of quarterbacks. And you know, he's quite capable, I think, of being, what was he, the sixth or seventh quarterback chosen? Um, I think he's quite capable of being 
the second or third best quarterback chosen in this in this group if if he progresses because he has the skills. I think he threw something like seventy one touchdowns at Texas A and M, and yeah, I I I liked him and I and I thought I thought third round was absolutely spot on for him. The, he's got the arm, and I think when when you've got a quarterback that's got the arm, you've got a chance. And it gives him being a third round pick gives him that leeway to get better and spend time on the bench. You don't have to throw him in there. I mean, you're not with Kirk Cousins. He's got at least two, well, the two years left for sure, right? So he's got two years to get better and figure out the NFL game. And if he was a first-round pick, he, you know, then it would be the whole Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers thing. Then it's like, when are you taking over? Whereas in the third round, it's not as quite as much pressure on the kid, and it's not as much pressure on the organization to bring him along quicker than maybe he should. Todd, any thoughts on any of this stuff? I know I've kind of like reflected you up there. I think think Darasaw is going to pay dividends right off the bat. When I watch the Vikings, I mean, the the biggest glaring need from the last few years has been the offensive line. And even though Delvin Cook still has the ability to run all over the place, the one person that's going to benefit the most from an upgrade to the offensive line is going to be Cousins, right? Cousins' strength is in execution. He's not a type of quarterback who's going to create things, right? He's got to play. He can run an offense. He can execute plays. But when it comes down to creating plays on the run or things kind of go sideways, he doesn't always make the best decisions, right? So I think solidifying the offensive line, and like you mentioned too, with Wyatt Davis, maybe he gets a starting role too. But I think right off the bat, Cousins is going to benefit the most from that. And and I mean, Dalvin Cook is already scary, so... That's going to be that's, that's good news for him as well. Bad news for us because he yeah, kicked the shit yeah. out of us all year with a bad offensive line. And we, have a, terrible, and we have a terrible defensive line. We won't even get into that. So, JB, as you look at this draft class, is there any guy on this list that you go, mm, might be a big boomer bust pick? Like, is there anybody that you are like, mm, he might not make it? Yeah, Kellen Mond. Oh, okay. It's nothing against Kellen Mond. He's a quarterback, and we we see it time and time again. Big college numbers can't transition into the NFL game, so he's that he could be that kind of a kid. He's mobile. His uh, completion percentage has increased every year since his freshman year, so he's gotten better with his accuracy. I like his arm. He might end up being a, I don't want to say a bust, but he maybe a journeyman quarterback, or he may he may not even stay in the league in two years. Who knows? It's just the nature of the position. It's nothing against Kellen Mond. If I'm looking boomer bust, it's always going to be a quarterback. You know, Trevor Lawrence could be the same thing. As good as he was in college and as great as they think he's going to be in the NFL, maybe maybe things don't translate well for him in the NFL level and he turns out to be not as good as people thought. I don't think that's going to happen with him, but it's possible. I was listening to radio, local radio here, sports radio, and they went through all the first round picks from, I don't know, let's say 1990 until now. And the percentage of first rounders, now Kellen Mond is a third rounder, but the percentage of first round quarterbacks drafted who, you know, became good high level quarterbacks in the NFL is very, very low. It's much lower than you would think because first rounders should be players. But what you said, JB, is very, very apt. It's perfect because you don't know. You just don't know what quarterbacks. I want to say it was like 24% of the first-round quarterbacks panned out in the league, and this guy's a third-rounder. What I look at in the quarterback 
back when Rick Meyer got drafted, everybody was high on Rick Meyer. I said, he's not going to make it. This, how do you know? I said, I watched him play real teams and he didn't do well against them, but he had good numbers. I said, yeah, he was beating up on Navy and army and the coast guard and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> all the military play- <laughs> yeah he beat up on all the military schools but when he played good teams and i was at the penn state game that year i told my dad i said he's not going to make it in the nfl penn state dominated him so i always look at how these kids do against the good teams mond against alabama and florida this year back to back and had really good games against them so that gives me hope because he played well against top level competition Everybody's talking about Lance out in San Francisco. I said, he might be good, but he played at a lower level college. He didn't play against top level college competition. So we don't know. But I, if I can see a kid, how he does against top level, again, no, nothing certain, but it gives me hope when I see him putting up numbers against top level competition like he did. Todd, you and I talked about Jordan Love in that same vein, right? Utah State beating up on the San Jose States of the world. Yeah. Not having to play Alabama, same thing. And not to mention you move up to get him. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we moved up to get a guy who, yeah. Well, to be fair, San Francisco moved up and then they took Trey Lance too. So maybe they'll be having the same conversation down the road. Like, oh, why'd yep. we give up all that for Trey Lance? He sucks ass. He's terrible. Ch- Chicago moved up to take some quarterback who's not there anymore too. Yes. Yes. And did it again, right? With Justin yep. Fields. They moved up to take Justin Fields. Yep. I mean, we've talked about it. We think it's a good plan. I, th- I think Justin Fields is going to be a player. But, right, they thought think- Mitch Trubisky was going to be a player, too, and that really turned out poorly. Wasn't so- there a, a split in the Vikings front office over Fields? Like, they, I think half of them wanted to move up to try to go after him, and the other half didn't. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't move up to get him. Yeah, I read that somewhere. They had bigger needs to address in this draft. And I know a lot of Vikings fans don't want to hear that because if you guys follow, if you look on Twitter, the Vikings fan base is pretty much divided on our quarterback right now. Some of them hate him and can't wait for him to do poorly, which I'll never understand. And then there are others of us who say, listen, he's not that bad. He can, he can play the game. He just got to, he just needs more parts than other guys do. And you have Dalvin Cook. So you don't need Johnny Unitas as a quarterback in Minnesota. No. Like you, you ride the guy Who's your best player? I mean, yeah, the, Justin Jefferson's a great player. The, the 12 games a year that Cook plays are fantastic. Trust me, I that's another thing I take. I, I, I've told people, I said, I didn't like the contract they gave Dalvin Cook. And he said, what do you mean? I said, he's damaged goods. He, he can't get through 16 games. I said, running backs, he's, and it, it's not anything against his talent. He has not yet played a full season. Last year was probably his best effort in terms of games played, but can't get through the season yeah Yeah, he didn't play a full season last year either no he has not played a full season in minnesota yet so for all the talent he has we're always worried about him making that jump cut and there goes the knee you know there goes the acl because it's happened before with him he scares me when he makes moves and that shouldn't happen that's what happens with dalvin cook i didn't look up last year's numbers but prior year the last four games of the season he played but he was AWOL. His production was way off. He got most of his yards in the first three quarters of the year. Well, we need you to play, you know, those last four games are the the pivotal critical games and Cook just wasn't there for us. I don't know if he was worn out or if he was just beat up 
know, I, I wish he was a little more durable. I love his talent, but he, I don't think he's durable enough. I, I just don't. I think they, they just got to figure out someone to, they got to manage his reps, right? I mean, they got to well, start to preserve him a little bit better, kind of like how we're doing with Aaron Jones. Yeah. Well, Madison, Madison needs to be more involved in the offense. He's really, I, I think he's, he's a very good number two. And then I want to see the the kid they took from Iowa state. I hear a lot of good things about him. Nwangu. I've heard good things about him. Obviously not enough. Cause I can't pronounce his name. <laughs> <laughs> I think the NFL in general is going to, you're going to see more multi-back systems, uh, not everybody's Derrick Henry. No one else is Derrick Henry. No. Peter, before we wrap up the draft, any thoughts on the Vikings draft from, other than the things we've talked about? Well, I think that generally speaking, and we looked at all of the all of the NFC North drafts, and I, this week I will call it the NFC North after spending last week still calling it the NFC Central. And I didn't catch it one time. <laughs> Not one time. Long live um, the NFC Central. That's right. We're all old enough to know it, so we get it. How did Tampa um, Bay get in there? Yeah. You know, I think that Detroit, I think that Chicago, and I think that Minnesota all have really nice, really nice drafts. And a guy we haven't mentioned, there's another quarterback there in round three for, for the Vikings, Chaz Surratt. Yes. So he, he he played two years at quarterback at North Carolina before before becoming a linebacker. And, and actually, I really like him as a linebacker. And I think that, again, you've got the potential in him to be a guy that, had he played all of his career at linebacker and, and produced like he's done the last couple of years, that's a guy that would have gone higher in the draft. So again, you got the potential for a little bit of a steal there in the in the third round. But I mean, ge- yeah, I mean, generally speaking, I think the whole of the NFC North drafted well. I hate to say this, but I think the Packers were fourth out of four in their drafts um, for NFC North teams this year. Where where do you think the Vikings are then of the four? It's difficult to say because I think so much of Chicago's draft, for example, relies on on, on whether Fields turns out to yeah. be. It's right up there with with Detroit's and, and and the Bears' draft. I think the Packers had a solid draft, but I don't think as good as the other three. Any anything else, JV? Before we move on, I just think the Packers didn't need as much as the other three teams did, though. And, and I think that's true. And again, you know, when you're picking 29th in each round, that can't, that's a, that's a factor as well. I mean, you don't see the Vikings picking where they did either very often. Honestly, they're usually at the back half, too, because they're usually that playoff team, fringe playoff team. So them being seven and nine, you almost think like, man, you should start kissing away games. Like, why are you winning all these games at the end? (laughs) Nope. I never kiss away games. We don't either. I just, I, we, just I, we hate that I, too. Those those are the people that drive me crazy. Oh, I can't believe we we decided to win after going one and five. I said, Are you kidding me? I don't want to watch them tank games week after week. I want them to win. I want them to, them to win week 17 against the Lions. I didn't want them to tank because it's the Lions. I'm right. not gonna tank the Lions. Couple more questions, JB. I'd love your opinion on this so Yannick Ngakwe they pull him in they spend a lot of draft capital on him so when they brought him in it was a second and maybe a fifth you can correct me when I'm wrong not if and then they traded him away for less so your thoughts on that yeah they traded him away for a late third I think it was I think it was a second and a fifth for a late third and it ended up being for a late third um okay listen Rick Spielman he's not my favorite GM I don't love what he does a lot of people do. I think he's hit a couple of good draft picks, but I don't know that he's made any really great signings. 
Kirk's contract really kind of handcuffed him a little bit. And that's why I think that's more why Viking fans are, are, you know, have problems with him. I think why fans in general have problems with Kirk Cousins because of how much money he's making. It's not Kirk's fault. If we, if somebody offered you $86 million guaranteed, I'm pretty sure you'd take it too. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) it's not Kirk's fault, but I just don't know that Rick Spielman brings in the guys that we need to fill the holes. So what hole didn't he fill? Because he was productive as a Viking. And what did what did he not or what did he do that caused him to be pushed out the door after whatever, six weeks or something? He wanted out because the team was one and five. Okay. He thought he was coming to a contender. That's why he wanted to come to Minnesota. And when they were one and five, he got bored and he didn't want to be part of that. So he went and he said, can you get me out of here? He didn't want to be there anymore. And you know what? I can't blame him for not wanting to be there, but for Spielman, to, I, I don't know, maybe it Spielman was trying to get some cred from other free agents or other guys who might be interested in coming to Minnesota where it's like, Hey, if things aren't working out, no problem, no harm. We'll get ready. We'll let you go where, where you're going to be happy. I don't know what runs through Rick Spielman's head other than a lot of Brill cream or whatever he puts in that. <laughs> but I was furious when he traded Ngakwe. I thought we're six weeks into the season and he's already giving up. If that's what the guy wanted and he thought his production was going to go down because he wasn't happy. I guess you just kind of bite the bullet, say I made a mistake and try and get back whatever you can for him. That was a really interesting situation. To me, it makes no sense, but you know, I'm not in that locker room. So maybe he was a malcontent and he just started being a complete dick in the locker room. And they're like, we're just going south. He's a cancer or whatever. And we need to get rid of him. Who knows? No, but- and I don't think that was it. I just think he was unhappy. He came, he thought he was he thought he was going to come to a contender and they weren't. And he just decided, well, I, I got to get out of here. Do you realize he still led the team in sacks last year? <laughs> From his five or six weeks that he played? Yeah, he was the he was the team leader in sacks last year. What about Daniel Hunter? So he's asking or talking contract, and he's got time left on his deal. Yeah, he's signed through 2023. My approach to it would be, okay, if you want to change what you signed, go out and play for me this year, and let's see what you can do. Because you're coming off of a neck injury. It's not like a, it's not a, a broken finger. You know, it's not a, a minor injury. A neck injury is a neck injury. They're not. Ask Mike Hughes how neck injuries are. No, yeah, Mike, Mike Hughes is no longer a Viking because of neck injuries. Let's see if he's as productive as he was prior to the neck injury, and then we talk. If yeah. he can show that he is the Daniil Hunter who signed the deal, I'm all for trying to renegotiate and make him happy. But make sure that you can fit him under the cap and not strap other positions too. I want him back. I want him to stay in Minnesota as long as he wants to be there. Because he's fun to watch. The bounty hunter is just a lot of fun to watch out there. You know, if they can't work out something where he can be patient and kind of go out and play for his money, yeah, maybe maybe a decision has to be made. And then Viking fans won't like it. I won't like it, but I kind of understand it. I think he'd be good in uh, – he'd look good in green and gold. No. Not, nobody not, nobody not, looks good in green and gold. Not that uh, – come on. I mean, purple, come on. The Jets screwed me up by drafting a quarterback. I mean, it was going to be Rodgers to the Jets. Then he retires and comes back and plays for Minnesota to finish his career. But no, the Jets had to draft a quarterback. Peter, any thoughts? I I don't quite know how I follow that. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I, you know, I'm a long, I'm a long believer that 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 football's won in the trenches, and and you look at all of the great teams have had great defensive lines. You know, going back, you know, we look at the Bears '85 team, you look at the defensive line that they had. Forget everybody else. Forget Mike Singletary and the other guys. Look at the strength of the defensive line, and you go back beyond that. The Vikings know know as well as anybody how how having a strong defensive line is. The Packers had one in the six. I think you just have to have it. And I think that's a, it's a glaring problem for the Packers. It has been for a number of years now. If you have a, a Daniil Hunter, that type of player, then I think you have to do all, all that you can within reason to try and keep him. It's always within reason. You know, there is a point where, for whatever reason, you may have to move on. But I think you do the, all that you can to keep, keep that type of player. It has to be within reason. But yeah, you want to keep guys like that around. Running backs to me are easier to find than edge rushers. And I'll just go on with the line I started talking about before. Dalvin Tomlinson is a guy I wanted to have a green jersey on. I'm a big fan of this signing for the Vikings. I hate it as a Packer fan because he's a run guy that we needed. And yes, he costs some money. But you start lining these guys up. You start figuring out, okay, Hunter, Tomlinson. Pierce, like you also have a very stacked. good defense. What's that? I said, yeah, they're stacked. Yeah, that's a very good defensive line. It's one in the trenches. The Vikings have some guys that can stop the run and rush the quarterback, and they're going to be scary good. And we thought they were going to win, what? I think, Todd, what did we say, 10 or 11 games last year? Yeah. Something like that. We'll have to talk about that going forward, too, like see where we think they're going to be because – I saw something, and I'm going all over the place. The Vikings could be an 11-win team or an 11-loss team. Absolutely, they can. I mean, like last year. Like, I thought they were going to be really good last year, and then their defense was got off. Seven and nine was not what I thought. So let's talk about Gladney, since we just mentioned cornerbacks. I know it's a negative thing, JB, but go ahead. Just tell tell us your thoughts. All right, I'll tell you my thoughts on Jeff Gladney. And somebody kind of put me in my place about this. This is an issue that really hits hits hard against me. He didn't, you know, he didn't get caught with weed in the car. Allegedly, and I'll have to say allegedly, but it's pretty strong evidence. He put his hands on his girlfriend. And I had somebody say, well, he hasn't been found guilty yet. You can't cut him. I don't know, finger marks on her neck. Well, maybe she staged it all. I mean, this is the things I'm hearing. If you're going to stage something and put your own finger marks on your neck, and throw yourself down a set of stairs or whatever you're going to do and injure yourself that much, you got problems. So I'm leaning towards he's guilty here. And if that's the case, I don't want him in Minnesota anymore. I don't care if he, if he was going to have a breakout season in his second year. That's not the point. The league looks past character issues far too much, in my opinion. Your talent level gets you a pass for a lot of things in this league. And I'm not going to mention the names. We know who they are. Guys who've done things in the past that unsavory things in the past, but it's kind of just kind of blown off at some point where it's forgotten that they did this and everybody gets a second chance and deserves one. But there are certain things for me, it's hard to let go of. This is one of those things. I guess we have to wait and see how it plays out in the court system. And somebody said it looks like it's not going to amount to much of anything. I, I'm not really crazy about having this guy on my team. And, you know, I don't know if his talent level transcends the asshole that he is. No. I don't know no. that he's the guy. I really thought he was going to be a player. And I know he was a rookie. So I'll give him that. 
but I'm not sure he's, I'm not sure he's got it. He, I don't think he does. I was against that draft pick quite honestly. I don't think he was, I didn't think he was that great in college and he played in that. What? I mean, he didn't exactly play in a defensive conference when he played. Yeah, right. So, uh, big club, just throw it, throw it. It's like the arena league. Yeah, and he didn't do much there. He's somewhat uh, expendable, right? I mean, they got Patrick Peterson and waiting. Yeah, around. they got Peterson, and, and they did draft a kid by – I mean, the kid out of California, but I don't know. He was a late rounder, so he, he's in camp, and we'll see what he can do. And they're talking to Breland, who's another guy I really don't want. Freeland signs. You're going to have some depth at corner. Yeah, I think he's expendable now. I hope Dantzler gets better. But neither of those guys had a training camp. I'll, you know, I'll have to give them a little bit of a break because they, you know, last year we didn't get training camp. We didn't get any preseason games to really hone their skills. So their first month of the season, these are guys who are just trying to figure it out without without any real practice or any game action that didn't matter they had to figure it out in real live game action and that's hard to do especially when you got two of them harrison smith played babysitter for a whole season if you want to talk about an mvp on that team last year it's harrison smith for more than just what he did on the field because he had to cover their asses all year long he was covering their asses all year long and (laughs) and it just was i felt bad for harry he shouldn't have had to deal with that Peter, any thoughts? I feel like you're, you're deep in thought there, no? I think that I mean, we've said this before, and I, I'm a great believer that corner is one of the toughest positions to come in and play or to start immediately in the NFL. And I think that you know, to a degree, Jair Alexander has been a little bit of an exception. So I think we should put him to one to one side. There's very few corners that come in and are massive contributors as starters in in year one. So I think... Let's assume Gladney's back. Let's assume that all of this stuff was not true and whatever else. But Gladney, Dantzler, I think this is the key year for those guys. You expect them to progress this year. And with Peterson there, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be cert- certainly very interesting. And you know, from a Vikings perspective, those two guys, or at least one of those two guys, really has to progress this year because that's, you know, that's a problem area helped by a strong defensive line, obviously, but it's a problem area that, that they need to do something with. And don't forget, Anthony Barr is back, too. Uh, a lot of people overlook that. We, we, we tried to forget Anthony Barr as much as we I can. know, and, and I know. And he didn't try. I don't think he was trying to hurt him. Uh, and and I berated Vikings fans who applauded it. as like, we don't – don't be that guy. Don't applaud when somebody gets hurt. It's not, not cool. The Vikings front seven should be stronger, and that should help the kids – Plus, Peterson, you bring that veteran presence in. He can maybe teach at least one of them some technique or how to get better. And as long as you got Harrison Smith back there. You don't have to be as good because you don't have to travel with guys for eight, nine seconds. They're not going to get a lot of time to throw the football back there. I think that will help them out quite a bit. Absolutely. And Patrick Peterson, even if he's above average at this point in his career, if either Gladney or Cam Dantzler can play, you've got two. And, you know, I love Bashar Breeland. You don't know this, JV, but I'm a big fan of Bashar Breeland. <laughs> but I don't think he wants – like, I saw all the stuff he was saying, so I don't know that that meeting went well. Between Breeland and the Vikings, he was kind of like, I need starter money, and I've been a starter at three different teams. But it's like, okay, Bashar, but you're on, like, team number four. Yeah. So <laughs> – I don't know that you can quite talk that way because you are like two, three million a year and nobody wants you right now. Yep. 
So maybe you should just stop talking and go out and prove it once again, like you've done, according to him, many, many times before. Let's talk about something a little bit more positive, though. No more Gladney, no more Barr hurting Aaron Rodgers. Maybe this is kind of ridiculous, but like your favorite players of all times. Like we we do this all the time. So is it okay, JB? Like favorite thing yeah. we talk about stuff like that? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Let's start with you, Todd, because I I want to know who your favorite Viking of all time is, because we all have them. I gave this a little bit of thought, but I guess I have several, I guess, that I'll, I'll have. To, I just don't have one, so I have to have a few. Probably, like, the all-time, like, historical one would have to be Fran Tarkenton. I'd have to go with him. I would mention Moss, but when he took a dump on the uh, <laughs> goalpost, um. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's no longer I had to scratch him off the list. Not in my opinion, you don't. <laughs> you know, so but I, I I mean I do like Randy Mott. I thought he was phenomenal. And then current day, obviously it's just Justin Jefferson is my ultimate player. I mean, I the reason I like him is because I really thought I really thought that the Packers had a ch- a chance, an outside chance to make a move and possibly go up go up and get him. Um and instead we settled with Jordan Love. So and of course, I like Kendricks um, because I think that he's probably the best linebacker in the NFL. If we had a Kendricks, we would have had a Super Bowl last year. No question. Peter, I feel like yours is going to be more historical. No? It's difficult to look past Francis Asbury Tarkenton, isn't it, as, 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 the great, as the great Viking. 19 years or whatever it was, 20 years that he played in the league. I think in Tarkenton's case, not only leading the Vikings to three Super Bowls, but but also the type of player that he was. I don't think there's been that type of player before or after. A very unique player at the quarterback position. And the other one for me, the historical figure, is is somebody who I think is underrated around the league. Wouldn't have been underrated with Vikings fans, but a guy that was underrated, I think, for other fans is Chuck Foreman. Similar type of era. But yeah, it's just one of those guys that I kind of gravitated to as a as a young kid learning the game, I was a huge Chuck Foreman fan. So those are the two. I don't have any on the current team. <laughs> you know, you just have hate. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you know, like Todd. You know, Je- Jefferson. Uh, you know, superb, and, and we, we would have loved him. In that wasn't to be. I don't dislike Kirk Cousins. I'm, I'm I'm a little bit of a Kirk Cousins. I wouldn't say I'm a Kirk Cousins fan, but I I think he's a solid quarterback, and I think teams can win with him. Like we said earlier, that's about putting the right pieces around him. But for me, it's it's Tarkenton and Chuck Fulman. The reason this Pennsylvania-born boy became a Vikings fan was when number 10 stepped on the field. And he was a giant at the time he did that. Mm. I watched him. My dad's a Giants fan. I watched Tarkenton, and I'll never forget it. It was small. And I said, Dad, where's Fran? He's in Minnesota. I said, me too. Uh, okay. <laughs> so I was four or five years. I said, well, I'm going where Fran's going. So... I became a Viking fan when I was small and stayed there. So Fran Tarkenton is the reason I'm a Viking fan. He's probably in one more. Chuck Foreman, outstanding. I'd probably have him in my top six. A guy that you guys maybe don't know, maybe Peter remembers him, but he was my feet. When I was a kid next to Fran, he was like the, the guy, Bobby Bryant. Great, great safety, great punt returner. Yeah, when Bobby was, Bryant he, was my guy. Return punts, yeah. Love Bobby Bryant. And he's, people look at me like, who? I said, yeah, exactly. He's one of those guys nobody knows about. You have to be a Viking fan to really know a lot about him. But if I'm going more modern, Chris Carter makes that list. And I like him because of what he did with Randy Moss. 
not only that, but his personal life, what he overcame in his personal life to become a Hall of Famer. He really turned his life around, and, and that impressed me almost more than what he did on the field. And then if I'm going to go the current team, there's two guys that I really love, one on each side of the ball. Adam Thielen works hard, walk on, you know, makes the team, and now he's, he's an all-pro wideout. Like that's, I love guys like that. I want the lunch pail guys who come and work and, and earn their spot. And then on the other side of the ball, number 22, Harrison Smith. Harrison Smith is just intense out there. He, he does the number proud because as you know, Paul Krause, Hall of Famer wore it prior. Uh, if I'm going to let somebody wear a Hall of Famer's number, yeah, Harrison Smith is, is going to be that guy. You're, you're allowed to wear number 22. Uh, I don't think I'd want anybody else to have it. So those are the guys that I, I mean, I loved all of them. I love the purple people leaders. You know, there are guys throughout history of this team that I loved, but if you want to like really narrow it down, cause I could give a whole hour on guys I love. Those are the guys that really rank up there for me. Ty, you kind of took mine. I was a huge fan of Randy Moss. I loved Randy Moss. I, I am, I'm a fan of cocky players like Randy Moss who are going to tell you that they're great and then go out there and show you. And you still can't stop me, even though I'm pissing you off. Like you wouldn't believe by running my mouth. I love them. And I love the whole Culpepper to Moss combo too. Like I was a big fan of, of Dante Culpepper back in the day. And yes, did I hate him the day that he mooned the crowd and was like rubbing his ass on the goalpost? Yes. But now that you, I don't know if you've seen it, any of you guys have seen it, but he talked about that day on like when he was just sitting out there talking with the dudes on some show and Packer fans had mooned him and the Vikings on the way in. And that's why he was then mooning them. So, I mean, so there is that, but I loved Randy Moss. I hated him when they played the Packers twice a year or three times a year sometimes but I was a huge fan. I heard it was you and Todd. Well, from my home. <laughs> I was giving him the finger too, but he couldn't see any that's, of that. That's probably pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah, I was old enough to be cussing at Randy Moss on the screen. He just couldn't hear me, that's all. Favorite moment, JB? Favorite moment? Favorite, there's a lot of great Viking moments, right? Or how about yeah, you like, guys have dominated us for the most part. And if I don't like it, I'll edit it out. Packer Viking moment that you love? Well, it's a tie. And they both happen to happen in the same year. 2009. First time Brett Favre beat them in Minnesota. And the second time when Brett Favre beat them in Green Bay. <laughs> okay. Uh, seven touchdowns, no interceptions in those two games. They were great games, too. You know, the first one didn't really get decided until Jared Allen sacked Rodgers in the end zone. And that the second one was a shootout right to the end. You know, it, it was a 12-point win, but it was closer than that. There's something about Brett Favre wearing purple and gold and going into Green Bay at that time when things were a little tense between the Packers and, and Brett Favre and kind of showing showing up the, the new kid. Like, I still got it. I, I can still do this thing. I mean, 20, 2009 for me was probably the most fun season for the Vikings. And I watched the 1998 team that scored points like a video game. Yeah. Uh, 2009 was more fun because Brett Favre took a bunch of, he, he, Sidney Rice was his top receiver. I mean, he took a bunch of guys who had no right getting to the NFC title game, as far as I'm concerned, and got them there. And to blame him for that loss, by the way, 
is wrong. Anybody who wants to blame a guy who played the game on one leg and threw a pass that I think Rice probably could have come back for and at least knocked away instead of sitting there and waiting for it. Favre had a cover-up for our running backs fumbles all game to keep us in that one. So, yeah, the, the, the two Favre games over the Packers, and I'm sorry, guys, but those are two of my favorites. Todd, weren't you at one of those? You were at the Green I was at that. Yep. That is my my favorite part is I was at that game when Favre ran out of the tunnel and the entire, all, all of Lambeau was booing. <laughs> so that was my favorite Packer Viking moment. The first time I saw him in, in purple, I had a uh, Brett Favre authentic autograph photo on, on my wall. I took it off the wall that day and it is never, I've never hung that thing back up. In, oh, I have one in purple in my office. If you, with the I have a baseball bat for it. Because the 400 touchdowns, he got that in Minnesota and all that. So, yeah, I've got a really nice big poster size one on my wall in my office. Yeah. And yeah. a Brett Favre Minnesota Vikings jersey, by the way. Oh, oh man. I have like, burn that. Four, like four kids I could have sent you. <laughs> so there was uh, a friend of ours who owns a bar in Wisconsin. They actually took a car. They spray painted it purple. I think it was for charity or something like that. They spray painted yeah. it purple and put a big number four on it. And everyone, you could you could pay to have a certain amount of swings yeah, with a baseball bat and smash this car. Well, that's a good thing to do. Turn some yeah. hatred into some charity. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Not so much one specific moment, but I think it was the 2004 season where the two games, the Packers won both of those games, 34-31, almost identical games. Ryan Longwell kicked... Uh, winning field goals almost with the last kick of the game in both of those games. And I can't remember which one of the two, but but Favre drove the Packers down to that winning field goal in one of those games. So that's that's the one one for me, those two games, almost identical games from 2004. I have two, and I have been blessed to be at some great Packer games. I was at the Freeman catch, and I was sitting on the around the 40-yard line oh, when, Freedom caught, up when Freeman caught that ball in the rain. And I was standing up because we were we are never close enough to like pay a lot. I'm always up high enough to see everything. I could see it. And I stood up like he caught that. And when he ran it in, that was just bedlam. But that wasn't my favorite one. And I've had a hard time finding this like on YouTube. My favorite Packer Viking game was Favre to Corey Bradford on fourth down to beat the Vikings in maybe 1999. 99. I was in the opposite end zone. I wish I'd have been in that end zone, but far to Bradford in 99. I I don't know if I went to work the next day because there was a lot of alcohol being consumed at that <laughs> game. And we and we we drove home. I shouldn't tell people that, but it was a long time ago now. Doesn't matter. But those were my two favorite Viking Packer moments. It I'll never forget those. I'll forget my kids' names, but I'll remember those two games for sure <laughs> at some point. <laughs> All right. What else? What do you think? So we talked a little bit before, JV, about like 11 and 6 or 6 and 11. Where do you ride on – have you thought about what you think their record might be, the Vikings' record this year? I have, and it's hard, you know, th- to predict this early. You never know what's going to happen. Injuries not only on the Vikings but on uh, other teams that could hurt them. But if you just go strictly off of the schedule and the way things played out with all those teams last year, nine and eight might be the best this team could do just 
off of the schedule and last season. Granted, we got all these guys coming back, but I don't know. You know, Pierce didn't play for a year. Is he going to be rusty? Is he going to come back strong? Hunter was out all last year. Is he going to be the same guy? Barr and Kendrick or finished the season injured. So these are all guys coming back. Cornerback issues hopefully addressed, and the offensive line issues hopefully addressed. But there's so many question marks because of youth on that offensive line and guys coming back from injury. It's a brutal schedule for the Vikes this year. Their bye week is early. It's early. I think they play 10 weeks in a row after the bye. So that could really work against them. Playing the AFC North is brutal. All of a sudden, the Browns are good. The Steelers are always the Steelers or Ravens. And Cincinnati, to open the season... Burrow's healthy. He could give them problems. So I, I'm going to say nine and eight. I think they can go nine and eight. And I'll have a better feel for this team after they play some games in September. But sure, I'm going to sure. say nine and eight conservatively right now. Well, maybe we'll have to have this conversation before the Packers and Vikings play. <laughs> and we can talk about it again at that point. Absolutely. Anytime. Right on. So we will give JB, we will give you the floor. Feel free to what about your social media and your 305,000 tweets? Talk about that. If you're doing a podcast, something like that, go ahead. If you will follow me on Twitter, it's Johnny B. Skull, which is the newer Twitter handle. I had to change. Well, I didn't have to. I changed it for personal reasons. We've got a pod. I've had done a couple of pods, and uh, I want to do one my way. So I've got a partner, and we're working on a new pod. We have a title that we're working to. I don't want to reveal the title because we want to make sure we can use it. I think it'll be good. It'll be a lot of Viking history will be involved. We'll recap games, look ahead. We're trying to get some guests, and I think we have a couple of people we can definitely get to be on the show and talk to. And it won't be all about football. We'll do some we, – we like to get into our guests. We like to do some personal stuff about guests. And There's always a, a mystery question that we'll ask between each other that the other one won't know what it is and we'll ask the question and hopefully we just get a a nice honest answer out of it so it'll be fun i think it'll be a lot of fun we're looking forward to getting it started again Uh, i thought i was going to retire from this podcasting game but when you get a chance to do it the way you want to do it it's all good so uh more details on that later but that that's really all i got right now so we will wrap it up there so thanks for listening to episode 43 the buckets goldenberg edition of the average cheese i had to look that one up peter because i couldn't think of any 43s besides md jennings and i wasn't going to call it the md jennings edition because he sucked he did. <laughs> go pack go go pack go go pack go goal cool.